So welcome back to the Grad Life podcast, everybody. Um, I'm delighted to have with us today Connor Lean. So Connor is the founder of Stampify, and he's also um, sales manager in Google and uh, uh, an ex Trinity Trinity pupil, which is a which is which is a good start for me. Uh, so we have some common grounds in terms of terms of um, the entrepreneurial society, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but just as a starter, Connor, do you want to kind of give us a, an idea of what you're what you're kind of working at at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and thanks very much, Kate, for having me on the show. Uh, gladly we got through those technical difficulties at the start. Um, but yeah, as you alluded to there, um, I'm founder and CEO of social enterprise called Stampify. Um, so in a nutshell, we're a loyalty app for charity. Uh, so we allow our customers and users um, to donate meals to children in the developing world every time they make a purchase in a partner business. Uh, so the app is free to download, it's free to use, um, and all you need to do is scan a QR code to collect a stamp in uh, the partner business every time you make a purchase and for every stamp you collect the business will donate two meals to children in the developing world uh, so i've been working on stampify since i graduated uh, so for three years now and um, so i think i graduated in 2017 um, and yeah in that time we've launched a minimum viable product which was a paper loyalty card we've since uh, grown and moved on to a digital app which is available on ios and android and uh, in that time we've donated 154,000 meals Wow. to children in the developing worlds uh, so re really happy with the impact we've had so far um, and then I guess that's what I do on the side so full-time uh, I work with Google as you said as an account <laughs> manager in the large customer sales team. Guys it's like you're just like balancing these two things when you when you go through your your Stampify um, you know journey and then suddenly you're like you spring on the fact that you're you're also working working full-time so probably a big thing to be to be balancing to keeping all those uh those plates spinning um how does how do you how do you manage that or how do you even approach that do you have a sort of a, a strategy do you separate out your time um yeah i guess i am looking so far as in our work that's not to say that i will be doing stampify stuff during the day the whole time or things like that but we do have that flexibility if we do need to um our performance is assessed on results it's not assessed on the amount of time you spend at your desk or at your laptop uh, as much as it would be with other jobs so i guess to begin with i am lucky in that regard um with regards to balancing um i think it's something i always touch on a lot um again another reason i'm lucky is we just have such um a skilled team um around me that i am able to delegate a lot um everyone is able to chip in and pull their way to make sure that we are driving towards our goals um, so it definitely isn't a one man show or anything like that. Like we do have a really capable team. Um, but in terms of, yeah, um, I guess managing the spinning plates, as you were saying, uh, sometimes it can be tricky. Sometimes the perfect storm can come along where you've a really busy week in work and things are going wrong with your clients, you're firefighting, and then something goes wrong with Sabify as well. That happens. Um, that's life. Um, it happens with everyone with different things. Um, so with that, I guess I have gotten a, a bit more capable of just taking a step back and just realizing that's not the end of the world. Um, and, you know, there are ways to get through those busy times. They're, they're the worst of it. In general, it is not too difficult to manage, but I am still learning it and it is definitely something I haven't perfected. Um, I am trying to um, I guess restrict myself a little bit from Stampify on the weekends and in the evenings because sometimes obviously like if you're working nine to six um, you can't be really spending that time on Stampify so you'd have to be doing it outside of those hours um, and when you are doing Stampify stuff then 
it can easily seep in and you know you might get momentum with something and next thing you know it's like 11 o'clock and like that's your day over (laughs) you just go to bed and read or whatever um so I guess yeah to answer your question it's something that I am still learning on but having a good team around me and working for a company that allows such flexibility does really help yeah so I suppose when you when you say that about balancing those different things at the same time um I wonder to what extent, you know, you obviously were quite involved in college life and balancing being involved. It seems like you've kind of mastered this or not mastered, you know, as you said, you're still learning, but you started developing this knack of, of balancing things when you're back in college, you were involved in, in a few different societies. So I suppose it'd be great to hear about, you know, what you might've learned during that time in college that maybe filters into your life now. Yeah. So um, I guess obviously you, you and I had fairly their paths um, in college both president of the same society and um, so I'm probably just telling you stuff you already know yourself but um, I guess for the benefit of all the listeners um, I think yeah like so I, I did business economics in Trinity um, really enjoyed the course and all that it taught me but obviously um, there is a lot of gaps that um, academia can't fill and um, so I, I was lucky insofar as I was treasurer and then president of the entrepreneurial society um, and with that role, I guess I just learned so much outside of what um, the modules and college courses could teach me. Um, I think the main things that I've learned that have been quite useful in my working life and Stampify um, are working as a team. So obviously, as you're aware, we have a committee um, for the Entrepreneurial Society. I think it was 12 back when I was president. But um, that would have been the first time I would have been exposed to working with others towards a goal that wasn't just say a project or something to that effect um and i guess you are working with um volunteers as well so it is a little bit different to working with employees as such but um i just learned so much from work and the, the team we had was so diverse as well um in terms of like ethnicity race uh, gender uh, even age so just working with people from completely different paths of life that I wouldn't have met before. Um, and that is definitely the same in Google. Like Google is such a diverse organization. Um, and I guess before tests, um, I would have definitely probably styled up myself a bit. You know, I would have had my college group of friends. Um, by virtue of the fact I was in Trinity Halls, a lot of those friends were from Trinity Halls where you spend most of your first year in university. So that meant a lot of them were from down the country um, like all kind of not not like a stereotype right like that but kind of the same sort of people and then you do spend a lot of your college life with those and that's great and like they are still among my best friends today but TESS did actually give me an opportunity to branch outside of that meet new people work as a team um, learn how to delegate and then I guess if I am to be a bit myopic and just look at what I'm doing at the moment in Google um, a lot of my job is relationship management uh, currently so I have five clients in the UK um, and I guess the work with Tess and working with our sponsors and partners really did help prep me for that because that sort of experience I wasn't going to get from doing a new product development module or, you know, introduction to economics or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think to round off the experience that I got from working uh, with a society, it just opened so many doors and like it, it is still equipped me with skills um, that I am using today. whereas. I've forgotten most of the stuff I learned in the modules um, yeah. as much as as much as the lecturers would hate to hear me say that. <laughs> I think I'd be the same and actually just for context I suppose when we're talking about um, the entrepreneurial society so when I would have just started college uh, it would have been the year that you were president and you guys hosted it, um, that event with Michael O'Leary and that was 
actually my introduction to test to the entrepreneurial society and that's the thing that actually got me in the door so it's a funny old um you know circle um it, yeah. here now <laughs> um so I suppose like you, you've touched on maybe what you learned from college that you know was filtered through to your life now I'm interested to know you know looking back you have this vantage point now and you know if you were to look back at your college years not to you know not saying you know what you what your regrets are or anything like that but I mean what do you think is is useful that maybe isn't you know the straight path I mean even now I've only been out of college a year but I'm thinking oh I would have loved to have been learning computer science or coding or these particular things it would have been great to know are there any things like that that stand out to you um yeah it's, it's a really good question um I think for me personally um there probably were a few opportunities to yeah pick up skills that maybe I didn't pick up and I, I wouldn't say I regret as such because obviously I do have the opportunity to pick them up but um I think things like public speaking and presenting, obviously with the modules you do in business, you do have some exposure to that. But um, I think like that that's a skill that just, it complements so many other skills. Like if you're a product expert or an expert in, um, I guess anything across a wide, wide array of disciplines, if you can mix that with um, being able to actually speak about it and I guess even to take a step back and not to say public speaking, but rather communication skills as well, um, if you can speak eloquently about something and really coherently make your points, I think that's just like such a skill in itself. And that's something that I am consciously um, paying attention to in Google now and trying to get both formal and informal training on. But it was something that wasn't really on my radar in college. Um, and I guess obviously we have like the field, the his, the debating societies like college does open, like it gives you such an opportunity to, you know, just stand in front of people you don't know and speak. Whereas when you're doing it in work, like there's usually consequences to it and not that like you're going to fail or anything like that but you know if if you're presenting in a big meeting to senior stakeholders you don't want that to be the first time you've done it uh, so that that was something that I got experience in to a small degree just by virtue of the role in test but a lot of that was just introducing speakers and things like that whereas I wish in first year I just said to myself do you know what join the fill join the hiss go to some of the mock debates even like the first year ones or that like it'll be great experience um so yeah I think that's I the thing I would say the same as well it always seems it seems quite a daunting thing to do I think but it's kind of one of those things that once you've done it once it seems you just float on into it but it does seem daunting yeah. from the outside so maybe it's a you have to just dive straight in I think but you know so when you then you've left college and you're starting Stampify and you know arguably as an entrepreneur trying to um communicate what your vision is what your idea is that must have been a pretty huge learning curve and so I'm curious you know was that something that you just you know going back to what we're saying about diving into something is that something you just had to just get stuck into or and you know did you have resources that you'd kind of turn to or did you just kind of muddle about and figure it out um so, so yeah I, I guess on that um I, at, at the start it was all just in my mind I was just thinking um about how you know Stampify might work and the idea was a lot different back then than what we have today um but I, I guess the first step I took was just you know writing down um everything like just onto a word doc making sure it all got out and I guess some of that was nearly because I was afraid I was going to forget parts of it um I kind of had a tendency like to just take notes about everything and like I'd be a bit paro um that I'd like forget stuff I, I think like it's probably from that like he's the exact same and it's probably even a degree but that, that was the first step for me 
Um, but then, yeah, I guess, like, obviously it is a bit daunting and it was my first time trying, you know, to pursue an idea. Um, well, no, sorry, not my first time pursuing an idea, which I had had ideas before, but I was always too nervous to actually go for them. And I think that is probably something that um, definitely some listeners of this podcast um, will experience, you know, like when you're in university, it's such a good place to come up with ideas. Um, and that was the case for me with Stampify, but you don't always have the courage to act on them because you're kind of a little bit scared and you know you, you, you don't want to lose face um which isn't actually a thing but people think it is um I, oh sorry i'm gonna go cheers uh, sorry um so yeah so with regards to that um what i did first was i just said to myself right set yourself a really small um achievable goal so like obviously at the start stampify was going to be a loyalty card that would provide actual physical meals to members homeless through soup kitchens um, so obviously there's a lot of moving parts in that um, a lot of different stakeholders um, but I just said to myself so you have the idea how about you start by just trying to design a card and see what that looks like and um, actually sorry what, what I did first was I tried to design a logo um, and I tried to do that myself by like drawing it on um, I think paint or one of those apps uh, but like I'm just so bad at art so it came out, it came out so bad I still, ha- I still have it though saved on my computer it's like a luminous green if you looked at it like straight on it would probably blind you <laughs> logo but um, after that um, I said to myself do you know what get a logo designed get a card designed um, and then like you have that little something so I guess with that when I was telling people about it and I was trying to get people onto the team. I was still doing a lot of work in the background, but just having that first little step was such a mental win for me that um, I was like to myself, right, so do you know what? Set your next little mental win. So what, what's that going to be? And I said to myself, right, reach out to one soup kitchen and see would they be interested potentially. So I did that. They seemed interested. Um, and then I just went from there, just setting those small little milestones. Um, I think that is a really good way to approach um an idea if it is something you're looking to pursue right because like when you just look at it there's always going to be so many different parts um like it it does seem really daunting but if you can just really I guess you know simplify it and make sure that you're like if if you just get that first achievement in it's such a win that you do get momentum um so yeah that's kind of how I began and then the snowball just started rolling essentially and then so did you did you have any books or resources? You know, like I know some people go through different accelerator programs, but conscious that you are also starting a job in Google. So obviously that's not something you were necessarily doing, but um, did you use any resources or was it kind of stuff that you had known as from your time with chess that you'd picked up or how did you know what to do? Um, so I, I didn't, like being bluntly honest, I had no clue what to do, none. Like I, I like when looking back three years ago like some of the mistakes I made were so comical like that I'd, I'd still be laughing about them today when I'm thinking about them but they are mistakes you need to make and they're mistakes everyone is going to make and it's important to know that and I'm still making some mistakes today and um, I guess the most important thing is just to be able to learn from those and say for example I know if I started a company tomorrow I'd still be making a load of mistakes, but you wouldn't be making the same ones again, um, which is important. But um, I guess, yeah, to begin with, um, I made it like I, I formed a team around Stampify re- re- really soon um, after I had the idea. So probably a month or two after. Um, so they were four friends from university, um, each kind of specializing in some different um, 
functions. So we had one who uh, did computer science, one who did law, and then three of us were uh, business and I did business and economics. Um, so with that, I guess we did have a bit of um, functional expertise on the team. Um, so we just, I guess, relied on our own resources at the start. Um, we did get some funding later on and we won a few competitions, but um, a lot of it was just trying and seeing what works and failing and learning from it. Um, we didn't really, as you said, have any accelerator around like that. A lot of it was just um, kind of ourselves doing what we thought was right and then later figuring out was wrong. Um, and I guess that is probably something um, I, I, I would advise someone. Um, if they are starting a business um, or even just want to pursue an idea or anything like that um, is to get maybe an advisor or something like that uh, or a few advisors even that was something that I feel we definitely could have done a little bit more especially with some of the friends of friends we have um, and I think that would have really helped us whereas we like obviously you know as I said learning and making mistakes is part of it but at the same time there are definitely you know some mistakes or at least some input you can get that would get you learning without having to actually make the mistake always uh, so th that is one thing we probably could have done a little bit better in hindsight but when you're in the thick of it, it it's hard to kind of stop and be like oh we need advisors on this we're all we're all a bit bullish on it we're like ah we 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 know how all this <laughs> this will be fine we'll, we'll, like we'll figure this out that's interesting really, uh getting a you know having advisors it's kind of reminds me of you know having a mentor i think that it's such a it's such a great thing. I did one of those programs. We have a mentor for a while and it's, it's something we don't do that much actually in Ireland, but it seems to be a pretty big thing in the States and stuff. So it's yeah. interesting to see whether more of those sort of programs um, prop up around the place. But so we've kind of had a look at your early days of, of Stampify. So, but at the same time, you are obviously, you know, applying for, for this role at Google. So interested to yeah. hear, like, you know, I presume like this was kind of the thing that you, that, you know, the job that you were going for, or, you know, like, how did you go about that? What was the application or um, what was that process? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a funny enough application process. Um, and I, I guess before, um, just like we are on Grad Life podcast. Um, so one thing I would like to say before I go into the Google experience was just um, like, I remember when I was in third year applying for internships and also in fourth year applying for jobs and um, you get like, you get a lot of rejections. Um, and I remember I was getting quite disheartened by some of them. Um, like say, for example, when I was in third year, um, I was coming off you know, good exam results. I think I got first um, across the board, was incoming president of the Entrepreneurial Society, which is the biggest business society in Trinity, had some great work experience, had like I'd worked um, in the bank the past two summers. And like, I remember just saying to myself, like, oh, you've a really good CV, wrote a good cover letter and basically sent it to all the big four accounting firms um, being like, oh, I'll have my, my pick of these, looking forward to getting the interviews. And in about, in the space of a week, got four emails, uh, one from each of them just rejecting the application. And I remember, I remember like saying to myself, like, like how, like, and again, not like to compare myself to anyone else, but I was just like, like surely I would have got an interview for one of these. And I was seeing like other friends who were on like two twos getting interviews. And I was just like, this is bizarre. And even like with Tess, um, we obviously partnered with one of the big four. So I, I kind of get our point of contact there and just a message like, oh, like they don't usually give feedback. But I was like, look, would I be able to get some feedback just because I'm going to apply for some other internships? It'd be really valuable. And I remember like th they told me, oh, so, sorry, like we're just like we just re-reviewed. Uh, we should have definitely given you an interview, but you just slipped through the cracks. 
And I contacted two of the other ones then. Uh, well, I contacted three of the other ones. One didn't get back to me. The other two said the exact same. They're like, oh, we've just had a look at this again and we've, we've really botched this or whatever. And I was just like to myself, all right, fair enough. Look, I'll go and I'll try to get experience elsewhere. But I guess the point of this is before that and before that context, I was taking those rejections quite hard. And I was like, God, like I'm actually not where I really, not where I think I am. And am I actually, you know, is the journey I'm on or the kind of path I'm trying to pursue, is this actually the correct one? Um, like, should I be trying to get more experience doing other things? Um, am I relying too much on exam results, whereas I should really be, you know, trying to start my own project or something like that? Um, so all this was going through my head and I guess getting those replies was just kind of indication as to not necessarily that I'm, you know, what you're doing is amazing, but more so, there's a lot of flaws in those application processes. And I know people listening are probably applying for internships or for actual jobs now. So do just always bear that in mind and don't be too hard on yourself. Cause I know before I had that context, I was really hard on myself. And I was like, geez, like I'm, I thought I was here and I'm actually like here and you know, you need to pull your socks up. Um, so again, sorry, that's just some, no, that's a personal that's story. Um, that's definitely a helpful uh, anecdote. Um, yeah, that, that's a personal story that hopefully just if people are seeing those. And again, I got valid rejections as well from plenty of other companies. So it wasn't <laughs> just poor, poor old me. But um, with this, like with a lot of things, there's so many companies who will offer the same like rough experience. You, you only need a market of one. You just need to get a job in one. You don't need yeah. 100 companies to say, yeah, we want you. That That's nice. But it, it, it's a bit of a vanity metric. Um if you can find a company that you'd love to work for that wants to have you, that's all you need. Um, but yeah, so to, to go to go to Google, um, yeah, it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, I guess from like probably second year, even first year. Um, like they are obviously one of the big names in tech. They're kind of the cool company to work for mm-hmm. with all their perks and everything like that. Um, you know, the self-driving cars, the mm-hmm. um, yeah, just all all, all of that's everything they have to offer. <laughs> exactly exactly and the free food as well um which i do i do miss dearly at the moment yeah um, but um yeah i i guess with, with google um so i applied for an internship in um my third year and i didn't get that um and that wasn't a story of oh, poor connery's after getting shafted uh, i just didn't get an interview for that um was lucky in so far as i applied again in when was it probably january i want to say of my final year so january 2017 um and didn't hear back for like two months Um, then just got an email out of the blue saying hey what's up um we'd love to have a phone interview with you tomorrow so did the phone interview um that that was it was kind of a formality it was just more to get to know me talk through my cv it was handy enough um then did um a mock call um that was probably about a month later or so uh, and then just didn't hear anything from them at all so the application was like in pending phase uh, or awaiting feedback um and that just went on for like two or three months um so i remember i had been working in accenture uh, did an internship there and had an offer there so i was like to myself like yeah like that that's where you'll be working and um, you know this application they just haven't said no to you yet basically and mm-hmm. um, there's probably like some like lag in their system or something like that so um went off on holidays to central america with a few friends uh most of who actually ended up founding stampify with uh, funnily enough um but um when i was over there then 
probably in August time. I, I just think we were in Cancun at the time. Um, I just got an email be like, hey, what's up? No, sorry, we, we were in a, we were in Nicaragua, um, and I got an email yeah. saying, hey, what's up? Can you can you do a phone interview tomorrow? And I was just like, oh, um, no, <laughs> like as, as diplomatically as possible. Uh, like I just I wasn't in the mindset to go looking at you know how Google AdWords works and um, why all TV advertisers should be on YouTube and things like that. Um, so I just told them I was in Central America. Uh, would love to do an interview when I'm back. So they kind of pushed that on, um, and then yeah how I actually got the job was just funny enough like I did those interviews um and again just in your back for ages actually interviewed for another team um who then filled the role that I had been applying for so it was just kind of left in the lurch there and it was nearly getting to the point where like I was close enough to starting my Accenture contract um so I like I was just kind of like here like you know I, I have another company here like you need to let me know what the crack is and um in the background, I only found out later, um, someone from the team I was, so the headcount on the team I had been interviewing for was full. Um, so they kind of botched the recruiting that way. But they did say, still say they wanted me to um, work with them. But they were offering me a role in January and I was just kind of like, oh, I kind of want to start working now. Like I might apply for them at another stage. But uh, just luckily enough, by chance, um, and this is often the way these things work, um, is someone from the team I was working on, or I was, I eventually joined Change Markets. Um, so with that, there was a headcount available and I was able to move into that role, thankfully. But again, like that just goes to show as well, like there's so much going on behind the scenes. There's so much luck and chance if that guy who hadn't changed to the Benelux market uh, because he was Dutch, um, you know, that job would have been available. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the long-winded story um, yeah. of it. But um, yeah, a lot of luck. A lot of chance um but yeah really happy where i am and have been working there since yeah cool so i was actually thinking you know ties into this i was thinking before um this podcast that with tess for a couple of years we've done an event where we do kind of corporate yeah. versus startup um which is yeah. and it's, it's a great event um i i was in charge of organizing it when i was on the, the committee in my third year and i remember just being so excited about it because it's really is a you know um you know a sort of tug of war for a lot of the students i think yeah. you know, i want to go and work for this big company i get such good experience um but you know going to a, having my own startup is is the dream type thing so you know you've really got you're you've got the vantage point you you're seeing for the <laughs> side so i'm interested to hear and i know that you know you get it it's great that you can dip in and out of one or the other so it's different maybe if you want to go all in on the startup for example but definitely yeah. to kind of get your your key sort of ideas on you know what the the benefits of both are really yeah definitely um i think yeah to start with probably corporate and google um i think they, they, there definitely are a few benefits you have a lot more stability when you're working for a bigger corporate um like google um and especially like in the context of the year 2020's been with covid lockdowns mm -hmm. etc um like startups that are as well established i like have definitely for the most part had quite a rough year and there's not that ability of knowing you're getting paid every month and um, the like not having to worry about the company going under uh, touch wood but i don't think google's going to go under anytime soon um but yeah so you have that stability and um, when you work for a corporate as well like the resources they have um just from what you'd have um in a startup especially when it's a multinational so say like the training programs we'd have um 
even the talks like the events um like you get access to so much um even like stuff like the software you you use like we have enterprise packages for any sort of software you'd want to use if not google just builds one itself and that's definitely the case for a lot of other companies so like you're just you're so well set up and you're kind of just put in there with all the tools needed to succeed um, and then obviously like with your managers with the team around you um, they're all really conscious of making sure right let's make sure this person is set up for success uh, let's give them coaching uh, which is another big thing so kind of like the mentorship you alluded to earlier there's a lot of coaching in um, bigger corporates especially in google so like say for me i'd get sales coaching uh, we'd have communities of learning whereby our entire sales team would basically do mock pitches and give feedback to each other and things like that um, so you yeah i guess to sum it all up you just have a lot of resources and stability whereas with a startup um like say even if we are to use stamp find as an example um you've none of that and you don't have that safety net um and i guess i'm as you said in a unique position and i'm lucky insofar as i don't depend on stamp for income so we're a not-for-profit none of us take any money from it um but obviously if i wasn't working for google and i was working for a startup it would apply that you know you don't have that stability um you don't have that safety net but on the flip side there's so much potential and it's up to you to grab the bull by the horn so you have an opportunity to really take the ball and run with it if you want to go a direction um you you can make sure that happens and you can also i guess be accountable for the results and responsible for the victory that comes with it um so you've a lot more autonomy in that regard and i guess the work that you're doing um not to say anything about the work anyone in corporates or myself included is doing um it's a lot more impactful and i guess like i don't want to say you're like a, a cog um in the wheel or anything like that because it doesn't actually work like that but when you're in a startup um the impact you have and the actual um effect of your work is it's just by order of magnitude way more than if you were working in this in a, in a corporate um so like there is it's a double-edged sword um which one i'd recommend i don't really know i, I think it does, i think it does depend on your personality um and in a lot of ways probably um if, if you're more risk averse or if you like to be risk-taking um there definitely are um i would say greater rewards um in going into a startup you know taking an idea working on it and if you can make that successful like you know even monetary and non-monetary you'll get a lot more than if you just take a job and you have that stability um so risk aversion is probably actually nearly the deciding factor for me and i think a lot of people themselves and those listening will know based off their own personalities what might be more suited to them but i think they're kind of um that's kind of the, the dichotomy between the two for me yeah yeah no, that's very that's really nicely summarized um definitely very valuable um so i want to make sure i get this in as well because i'm conscious of time but um yeah i know that you read loads of books i just or maybe mm. i just have this image in my head but i i know that you <laughs> like to read loads of books i think i've just seen you <laughs> so um i really want to make sure that i get some good book recommendations from you so um yeah. i'm sure that you have loads um kind of you know ones that are tailored to your field so interested to get a few different genres maybe because um, yeah i'd like to get something that's kind of uh non-fiction as well as i mean fiction as well as non-fiction if you have if you can delineate between a few of them 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you're right. Yeah, I've, since COVID, I've gotten into reading again. Um, it was something I used to do it so much when I was younger. Um, like I used to love just diving into a book. Um, but it's a habit that's really hard to keep up when you're in college. Like I, I don't know anyone who has read through college. Um, I know so many people who have picked it up again since, um, and it's been one of the best decisions, myself included, they've made. But um, it, it's really easy to fall out of habit when you're in college, and also when you're studying for the leave and certain things like that. But um, to anyone who's dropped a habit, I would definitely recommend picking it back up because it's been one of the best things I've done this year. Um, in terms of recommendations, um, I guess yeah, starting with business, um, if you're looking for a story, uh, Shoe Dog is hands down the best book um, I've read. Um, from that point of view, it's like you like I remember I think I read through like, like the first 150 pages or something like that in my first sitting with it. Um, it's near impossible to put down uh, the story, obviously just about the founder of Nike, but it's rare like a book is written so well. Um, I was actually shocked it was him who more or less wrote it as well, but um, would really recommend that. Um, on a more practical side, if it is a startup or something like that you're running. Um, building a story brand is a really good book so um, I got recommended that by Mark Hughes um, who actually runs Grad Guide who's kind of a similar um, enough platform to this um, and yeah that's basically just about um, how when you're marketing you're telling a story and therefore you should have all the elements of a good story um, in that so it goes through what the basic elements of a story are and how you see this in like every single movie every book that's ever been made um, and then applies that to a business and a startup um, so I, I just thought like if you look at our website on Stampify after reading the book you'll see exactly uh, where a lot of the inspiration came from um, I think going outside or I guess well two more actually no, I'll do one, two more, but by the same author for uh, business. Um, so Ben Horowitz, if you haven't read any of his books, read them. They're unbelievable. Uh, the Hard Thing About Hard Things is one of the truest um, representations of startup life um, that, that I've ever read. Um, obviously, Stampify doesn't operate on near the same scale as his um his companies would have but um there are parallels there Um, he just like he's just so brutal in explaining uh, the trials and tribulations um how it's definitely not all happy days um how basically like you spend a lot of your time worrying and unsure of if you've done the right thing and how it ultimately does impact your personal life as well but um it's, it's just a really good book and a really honest book and i would recommend anyone who is looking to either found a startup or join a startup definitely do read that because it's just such a good depiction of it and um, he wrote another book as well about culture um which i just thought was a really good read and we're trying to bring some of the things from it into stampify uh what is that called what you do is who you are um is what that one's called so those two by ben Horowitz, and he, he's a really good writer as well um which always makes those easy a bit easier to read um and then i guess the final one um just to stray off business um and this is one i just read i just after finishing last week uh, by jordan peterson um 12 rules of life uh an antidote to chaos i think that's the title or somewhere there thereabouts um he basically i think he's a psychologist and he just looks at um he basically just recommends 12 rules that you should use to lead your life um and i'm not i've only just finished it so i can't be like oh it changed my life or anything like that but <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's, it's only been like it's only been like six days but um 
it's just like they are the rules he outlines are so applicable to anyone um in the world and he has he tells stories and um he tells stories just to wrap them up really nicely and i guess explain why they are important and to i guess lodge them in your conscious as well um but if i even adopt three or four of those rules like the value i would have gotten for that book is ridiculous compared to some of the other books i read uh, that's a more general one, not business related but um i think there probably is something for everyone in there as well like there are 12 broad rules uh, there were one or two like say there's one about your children which obviously doesn't apply to me but um there is something for everyone in it. Uh, so I would really recommend that. It can be a bit dense at times. I remember reading some of the chapters. I was like, well, like this, <laughs> this is fairly heavy stuff, but um, it is really good and I would recommend it. Okay, brilliant. That is a really nice comprehensive um, list of books we have there. Um, listen, Connor, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, you're a wealth of knowledge there. And I think, you know, similar to what you're saying about the book, there's something in there for everyone. I think that we'll find that there's something in this podcast for everyone as well covered so much uh, ground and seeing both sides of things it's really valuable so um yeah thanks connor fingers crossed thanks very much for having me kate deadly thanks so much see ya